Attention fleet owners. Looking for a reliable partner for fleet services? Look no further. At Oak Knoll Automotive, you'll get fast and affordable fleet auto service every time. Full service repairs by certified technicians for fleet vehicles. On-site diagnostic services and eight bays to guarantee a speedy turnaround. Set up an appointment with Eric at Oak Knoll Automotive, servicing Austin for 20 years. Call 512-506-8008, 506-8008, or Google Oak Knoll Automotive. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4, this is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512-836-0590. It's really beautiful to hear you speak the truth about things. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Are you ready for it to warm back up, Melinda? <laughs> yes, please. I know I like cool, crisp mornings, but just the morning time. I like it. Let's cut that off at about 10. Okay. Ed, how are you? It was cold earlier today on the golf course. I played Sunday in shorts and short sleeve shirt. Today, I look like Nanook <laughs> of the North for a few holes. It was cold out there. And dumb, dumb me, I have all these hand warmers. Yeah. Back when I used to be a hunter, I'd get in the deer blind with yes. these hand warmers. I must have 15 hand warmer, warmers in my house, and I left them out before I went out this morning and forgot the hand warmers. I thought you were going to say they were expired and didn't no, warm up. No, I just didn't take them. I went, the fingers were so cold, but this is such wild weather. Isn't this crazy? It's Texas. Crazy. All right. Good to have you here. Jack is producing. Let's start with the ruling by a federal judge here in Austin today blocking Texas from beginning enforcement of that new state law that gives Texas law enforcement the authority to arrest people who cross the border illegally. This federal judge said that he sees no evidence that Texas is suffering an invasion. Texas is not at war. And he says this law would inflict grave irreparable harm on the federal government. Again, he says uh, he doesn't see military invasion or Texas is at war. I, I, I think you can have... a. D- it doesn't say military invasion. It just says invasion. And if you want to look at an invasion, we are definitely having it. Is it of the military kind? No. Well, we don't know. Some of them may be for military. But it can mean a lot of things when you're talking about invasion. What I thought was interesting in this ruling is that he said he it would cause harm if this rule was or this law was to take effect because— uh, it might inspire other states to take up their own immigration laws, and then that would mean it would create this patchwork of immigration laws instead of just being under the federal government. Perhaps they should. When the federal government chooses to not enforce federal immigration law, perhaps it is time that states go, okay, we're calling in Plan B, and that's our state immigration and laws. that's it in a nutshell to me i see both sides of this because i've always believed that the immigration issue was a federal issue federal laws federal regulations but you're exactly right when the federal government doesn't do anything i think the state has a right to do something even though i scratch my head on this because if we wanted to arrest dps wanted to arrest every illegal alien or crossed illegally We don't have enough jails. We don't have enough officers because there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands in our communities and along the border today. I think this is very symbolic of the states, what we want to do, because we recognize there's a problem and the feds don't recognize there's a problem. Well, this was focused on the border. That was job one. 
Mm-hmm. You detain them, get them before the judge. They can agree to go to Mexico or they go to jail for six months. That's how this law would work. Uh, I'm sure Texas will appeal. They want this to go up the ladder all yeah. the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. It just seems to me that common sense dictates when the federal government is not doing anything, and I'll even go as far as choosing to not do anything, the state should be able to step up where there is a void. And right now, there is a void in the federal government for taking care of this. I just think it's I, I know what you mean, but this is such a screwy deal because, as Mark said, this deals with the border. What if someone's 45 miles from the border and it's obvious that they have no papers? They're from Venezuela or China or what? We don't have the jurisdiction to get them there. It's just I blame it all on Washington for not being stronger on the border, but I just feel like there's going to be problems. Uh, President Biden has arrived in Brownsville. President Mm -hmm. Trump has arrived in Eagle Pass. Very interesting. There are two decisions on where to go. Uh, Brownsville has been a place that has seen lots of illegal crossings um, in the past. Currently, not so much. And this is where Biden is going. Um, I guess to kind of give the impression, look, it's not this invasion that everybody's talking about. There's hardly anybody here. Uh, Meanwhile, you've got Trump that is going to uh, Eagle Pass, which is currently seeing the largest number. So he's going to say this is exactly what is happening. Um, They're just going to the places that fit their political narrative. But the thing that to me is I think you can look at both of them. Take away that they're just trying to highlight whatever it is they want to highlight. When you see one area that has a flood of people coming across and one that doesn't, does that make you go, oh, well, the Biden administration is yeah. doing the oh, right thing? it's working. Thing? It's working. No. Uh, no. It just no. says in the area where he is, Texas has clamped down on what is happening there and has made a big impact on the amount of crossings. Yeah. Uh, the White House had said that President Biden would be meeting with Border Patrol agents in Brownsville today. However, the president of the National Border Patrol Union was asked about that by Fox News today. President Biden going to Brownsville, did the Border Patrol Union ever get any outreach or invitation from the White House about that visit? Not at all, and I didn't expect it. He's not going to listen to voices of reason. He's not going to listen to people that are going to tell him what he actually needs to secure the border, the programs, the operations, the policies. He doesn't want to hear any of that, and if he would have invited me, that's exactly what I would have said. Hmm. That just shows where the where the frustrations lie with our people on the border, you know, and the president knows he, he knows his he knows his audience and he's going to craft it today with friendly people. He'll have many Texas congressmen with him of Democrats. He'll have Democrats uh, from South Texas with him. It is going to be it's going to be look what's going on in Brownsville. Look at this. Well, and I think it's also important to highlight he's going now. I know he made one other stop, and that was somewhat recent. His allowance for all the people coming across illegally has been going on for three years, in which he never addressed, never went down there. But because we're getting closer to election, hey, look at me. I'm on top of the border issue. Right. And he's still harping on Republicans are to blame. Republicans are to blame. 
No, Mr. President, it was your actions. Day one. Day one. 512-836-0590 to join us. This is Rip at 209 on KLBJ. Hello, Rip. I just kind of note, wanted to comment on the locations for the president's visits. It's funny that Trump is going where the hot spot is, where the activity of illegals are. Yet Biden not only goes to a quiet sector, but he goes to a very far away sector from the most, most of the settled areas in Texas. So anybody wanted to protest Biden, Valley's a long way to go, Central Texas, let alone Dallas. Mm-hmm. anywhere else just i mean they're, they're, it's it's not a coincidence that they're ended up where they are rip thank you have a good afternoon uh, rip you're right because this was chosen in brownsville because of the lack of activity relatively calm there and the photo ops will will bode well for biden as he walks all along the rio grande with really no action but it'll be different with former president trump Next to that park where we have all uh, many of our DPS guys and the barbed wire and that sort of thing. Dailymail.com had a story yesterday with video and pictures from Brownsville. Did you happen to see that? I did not. Uh, did you see it, Ed? Did not, Mark. No. Uh, it showed long stretches of fencing with razor wire, mountains of discarded clothing on the other side of the fencing, only four Texas National Guard members were there, two DPS patrolmen. It was quiet, eerily quiet, all throughout the Brownsville area, and they were, they were showing how quiet it is now, whereas just a few months ago, thousands were yeah. crossing. Sometimes they would have 5,000 a day crossing at Brownsville. I did hear um, Mayorkas on with some morning show uh, talking about how Texas is just seeing a decrease in crossings. Mm. He said it as if it's because of the federal government mm-hmm. not, and what they're yeah. putting in place there and gave no mention to what Texas has done. Do not forget Mexico in this equation. Mayorkas and Antony Blinken went to Mexico City. They had a meeting with the president And after that, the media in Mexico exploded with reports Mm -hmm. about really tough enforcement by Mexico against illegal immigrants. And consequently, right in line with that, we saw huge drops in illegal immigrants in Brownsville and even Eagle Pass. And how much money or how much much more money will we be giving Mexico? That's how it works. We say, okay, we're going to give you this amount of money. Be stricter, be be that. And I think that's what's happening. It's obvious. And that's what happens at all these countries. But we should know what that amount of money is and what they promised Mexico besides the money. Mm-hmm. What's going Mexico's way? Yeah. We should know that. Right. 512-836-0590. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed, 212 at KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. 215, thank you for joining us. Jack is here producing. The American Psychological Association has revised its manual for psychologists in the United States, and it lists dozens upon dozens of words and phrases 
that should no longer be used. And mm. it has substitute language that should be used in place of the ones that just need to be totally eliminated. They are getting so ridiculous <laughs> with what you can say and cannot say. It's amazing that we can even have conversations with each other. When they when they say these phrases and then say, oh, people will be offended by them. I, not really. They've been around forever, and there's not people that are offended by them. This is you projecting something. And one of the things, you cannot say the word obese. You need to opt for higher, higher weight. weight. I like the one birth sex. Don't say birth sex. Say assign sex. I don't... Assigned sex? God assigned it to you at birth, so it's your birth <laughs> sex assigned by God. <sighs> um, it is just absolutely ridiculous. Lend your voice. It's, it's an offensive term. Lend your voice. Lend your voice. Yeah. How? Support, they, say, they want you to say, this is absurd. This is patently absurd. It really is, and I had a little bit of hope because there was one professor of psychology uh, that was quoted throughout this article that was saying... This is just getting out of hand. Uh, what you're going to do is have people that come to talk to their psychologists that aren't going to talk because they're afraid they're going to say something uh, that's going to be offensive to someone. And so you're going to sit there and waste your time and money in the silence. And we all do know. Do not use the word poor. poor. It's derogatory. Do not use the term you're nailing it. It is a violent term, You're nailing and they it. go on and on <laughs> and on. It. You're nailing it. All right, 512-836-0590. Andrew is with us at 217. Good afternoon, Andrew. Welcome. Good morning, guys. Yeah, how are you talking about the border earlier? I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast here a while ago, and he had Dr. Phil on it. And Dr. Phil went to the border. He mentioned he's down there. He talked to a border agent, and when Trump was in policy, when the people came over with these kids— they had rapid DNA testing, so when they said that their, their parent or uncle or something like that, they could verify that. And once Trump, or not Trump, uh, Biden came in, they got rid of that. And also, they mentioned, too, like these kids come over, they got address, phone numbers, and they just contact those people and ship them out. No idea where they're going, knowing right. that they're going to be abused and exploited. And my thing is, like, why doesn't someone hold them accountable? You know, come down there, where are these kids? We got all these kids, where are they? Show us where they're at. It's one of those deals that that is it, I, I scratch my I scratch my head about it because we see all the time yeah. the cartel the influence of the cartel that's what's scary to me Mark and Melinda yeah. if these people have names and addresses in their pockets are they going to cartel members these young children these teenage girls and teenage boys just because you've got a name in your pocket does not mean that's a person who's trusted who you need, who, who they're going to go live with. That That's a scary thing because the, well, the, the cartel can work the only just a lot of bad things can happen. Well, if you or I were to adopt kids and the government came in and where are they? Well, I don't know. You think we're just going to be, get us shrugged shoulders or we're going to end up in prison. Well, and that's, you know, you know the, the Biden administration loved to say what Trump did with those kids was just so inhumane. Last time I saw a reported number, I think it was like 84,000 yes, kids yes. or 87,000 kids that they, this Biden administration has zero idea of where they are, who they're with. Are they in harm's mm. way? Are they even still alive? And that was uh, the New York Times reporting that number a year and a half ago. And they are usually aligned with the Biden White House. 
So uh, keep that in mind when you hear that reporting on all these missing kids. Andrew, thank you very much. Uh, today on RealClearPolitics.com, they have some audio of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas back in 2021 with MSNBC talking about the new Biden policies on the border. Uh, so we have rescinded so many uh, Trump immigration policies, it would take so much time to list them. He's happy. He's oh, yeah. bragging about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and to me, that statement, which we all know is true, undercuts the statement of President Biden saying, there's nothing I can do. I need Congress to act. Well, you did it all by yourself the very first days of office. Why can't you do it all by yourself right. now? Exactly. And when we're talking about words, changing words, the president said today, he's calling, they're, he's not calling them immigrants. He's calling them newcomers. They're not immigrants. They're newcomers. They're not either. To the they're, United States. They're illegally crossing into the United States. So they are illegal he people. Think he's calling <laughs> them newcomers. In which, the case in Athens, Georgia, where the illegal alien from Venezuela is charged with murdering the aspiring nurse, uh, we told you earlier this week that the local DA in the case, Deborah Gonzalez, was going to step aside and appoint a special prosecutor. There's follow-up reporting today as to why she is doing this. And the reports out of Atlanta indicate that since Deborah Gonzalez became the district attorney in Athens in 2020, she has not won a single victory in a criminal trial before a jury in that county. Zero mm-hmm. convictions in jury trials in criminal cases. Well, what also stood out to me was that she had no experience prosecuting criminal cases before she got into that position. How the heck does a voter say Yes, I want a DA that has no experience prosecuting in criminal cases. She's cut from the Soros cloth. Mm-hmm. She is a carbon copy of our own DA, Jesus Garza. Uh, she said her main mission was to completely reform the judicial system. She campaigned on ending cash bail. And she says, look, I'm getting these attacks now because of my progressive ideas oh, that boy. I've been implementing in Athens, Georgia. No, you're, you're getting this criticism because just what Mark said, you, you don't have any convictions. And heaven help us if something would happen, if you would try this case yourself and this lunatic from Venezuela gets cut Walks. free. Walks. Well, and you're absolutely right. She's exactly like the Travis County DA that we currently have when it says her office has not prosecuted 46 percent of charges uh, and 130 felonies have pled down. Sounds eerily similar to what happens right here in Travis County. Um, I did see and I was kind of curious, do we have the same law where they have three victims that have filed a suit against her saying that the office didn't inform them before they made a plea agreement with Mm. the the offender or before she just outright dismissed the case. Now, Georgia law states they can do that. Does Texas have that law? Not that I know we of. We need it. Yeah. We definitely need it. And I I know it was, I guess, trying to be along that same lines when Texas recently passed the law about if a DA is not doing their job, we can get them out of there. Um, it, it needs to happen. I know we've got an election where he's coming up, and hopefully he's not even on the final ballot in mm-hmm. November, but... 
Well, that would be a good law to have here, and uh, the civil courts would be very busy handling those cases against local DA Garza. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. CNBC has a story today saying that New York, Denver, and Chicago may end up going bankrupt because of all of the money they're spending on the illegal aliens. Uh, The mayor of Denver already announced this week he's going to close some of the shelters as a way to save money, and he's going to cut back services for local residents in Denver because of the millions of dollars you're spending on the illegal aliens. And that last part's the biggest thing. I'm going to cut off services to residents of Denver. They're spending too much on the illegal aliens. It is a tragedy what's going on because now the cities that are sanctuary cities that are uber-friendly to immigrants, we should all treat them as human beings, but when you start spending the money that the taxpayers have put into the system for services for the poor people in that town, that's when you are in bad, bad shape. Well, and there's a part of me that says you get what you vote for. If you wanted to be a part of the sanctuary city, I know when they were deciding that that's what they wanted to be, never in their wildest dreams did they think that they were going to be put to the test. But now that they are, they're having to cut the budget for citizens. Perhaps, just perhaps, this opens up the citizens' eyes and says, this isn't what we want. We need to figure out how to vote differently or get people in that aren't having the same thoughts as the current people that are already here. The Center for American Progress is a progressive policy institute And they tell CNBC Congress has provided a very small amount of money to help these cities and states provide service to these migrants. $800 million for the entire year is a drop in the bucket. And they say we need much more money than that to do the job correctly. You wouldn't need that much more money if you went back to what happened before Joe Biden was president. You would not need that money. Yes, I do believe we have... We had money for some migrants who came over, and they came over legally. Illegals, it's another thing because you don't know the raw numbers. You don't know anything about them, and you don't know how long they're going to stay because the thing that bothers me about this is that in the major cities like Chicago and New York and Denver, how long will this go on? How long? I think if it's it's a limited number of illegals coming over, that's when family and churches and organizations can help out. I don't think anybody believe it should be the role of the city governments. The Migration Policy Institute says we need an entire spectrum of housing, services, and more for these new arrivals in our country. These are complicated issues for cities, states, and the federal government. Congress needs to provide much more money. No. Uh, Congress is providing what they have provided for years past. And it hasn't been an issue. We need a federal government that steps up, does their job, and enforces the immigration laws that are on the books now. 512-836-0590. It's 227 at KLBJ. Enjoy the podcasts of Mark, Melinda, and Ed at your convenience. You'll find them on NewsRadioKLBJ.com. Thank you for joining us. 232. Jack is here producing. Gus is with us on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Gus. How are you? I am fine. How 
fine, young man. How about yourself? Doing well. Thank you. So, I understand the whole speech with the DA, and I know DA is an acronym. had a whole different meaning 40 years ago when I was growing up. Um, but I don't think the definition has really changed. We're just voting him into office now. Uh, I'm not following you, Gus. Um, the acronym part, D-A. Oh, I know what you're saying, Gus. District Attorney. Yeah. All right. Uh, have a good yeah, afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 512-836-0590. News 4 San Antonio, WOAI, has asked for the data from the Texas Education Agency. They wanted the numbers. How many Texas public school teachers and staff members have been assaulted Last year, in the school year, 2,906 assaults Mm. on public school teachers and staff in the state of Texas. The year before that, 2,441. COVID year, 727. Prior to that, 1,800. Prior to that, 2,300. So you get the idea. Thousands of assaults per year on Texas public school teachers and staff. Last year, 2,906. That should have been... 2,906 suspensions for the entire year. Find some place else for these kids to go to. I'll take it further than that. And charge Charges. Them. <laughs> Perhaps jail sentences that go along with that. Uh, you read this, and Mark and I talked about this a little bit yesterday afternoon, and it seems as though... What I hear people in the in the education field say is, well, we need more funding. And um, in order to buy resources like the face shields that the poor uh, teachers in San Antonio of that school district where Mr. Fred recently died or was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just it it boggles my mind that they say we need the staff to be trained more. We need the funding so we can buy the equipment uh, so that they don't get hurt. And I did not hear one of them say, we need to crack down on this bad behavior. You need ramifications for bad behavior. That's what our problem is, I believe. If a person goes that step and attacks a teacher, touches a teacher, hits a teacher, teacher, one strike and you're out. Unless, unless we know you have emotional problems and we know... You have a propensity, and the teachers have been warned that some students can get a little physical. That's the only, only time. I knew things were bad, but I didn't know it was this bad. 2,906 assaults on teachers and staff. Mm. That is stunning. That's highly alarming. Uh, It says also that there have been surveys of teachers. 65% say they have been verbally threatened by students. Uh. More and more, uh, all down the line, you can go down the line with that. Verbal threats, physical assaults, it's chaos. It's totally out of control in a lot of these schools. And I don't see how giving the staff more training or the equipment they need stops that from happening. All that does is maybe protect the staff a little bit while this is happening. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's what the message you want to send to everybody in the school district. You still get what the 
this uh, headline said, you don't want to go to work to be attacked. You're still going to get that Mm -hmm. until you just really stamp down on this is not tolerated. Not only are you booted from school, we will file charges. Ed, when you were in school in Brownwood, how many times did students physically attack teachers? Once that I can remember. Uh, It was the principal, a a person I knew, uh, pushed the principal and swung at the principal. The principal swung back, and that guy was laying on his back. That is the only (laughs) time I ever remember a person putting hands on a teacher or an administrator. And let me guess, that family of the individual that struck the principal and ended up on his back said nothing. They were mortified that said said person swung at principal, yeah. All right, 512-836-0590. This is a related story. It's out of Indiana, but it ties right into this one. A 74-year-old substitute teacher says that he was assaulted by a student and the school did nothing to have the student arrested. This guy was left with a huge black eye, uh, a headache, other damage after a 6-foot-2, 280-pound student attacked the 74-year-old substitute teacher. Yeah, in fact, he said that the school resource officer told him, we've been instructed by the higher-ups in the district that we don't handcuff, we don't arrest the kid, we we don't really do anything, I guess, except pull them off of the teacher that they're beating up. Yes. Uh, the teacher's name is Rob Gooding. He spoke with WISH-TV News in Indianapolis. He said to me, we have been instructed by the higher-ups which is the district, not to handcuff or arrest the kid. And I said, what? And he said, yes, that came from the higher-ups. And if you could see the photos, this poor man really suffered a tremendous Mm -hmm. beating. He says that the 6'2", 280-pound student tried to club him with a Google Chromebook, but the teacher reached up and blocked it with his forearm Uh, almost ended up with a broken arm. He got hit so hard, he was knocked down, and he says that's when, as he was on the ground, this 280-pound student started pummeling him, one punch after another to the head. How how is it that these school districts are not being sued left and right? And I'm not a big fan of suing every time, but this poor man volunteered to come and help out when you had a staff member not present for the day, and you say, sorry, it happened on school grounds, we're not doing anything. And they won't say, won't comment if any disciplinary measures were taken against the kid? Judy's in North Austin on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Judy. How are you? Hi, guys. Um, I'm just, um, there was a story that you covered extensively um, a few months ago about the kid from Lake Travis who had peanuts put in his locker room locker and he's got a severe um, peanut allergy mm-hmm. well people magazine has an article that just came out today this afternoon in fact saying that the school district has said that this is not bullying and they're not going to do anything and i just wanted to start this discussion going and see what you guys think about it because i don't see how you can say it's not bullying when they almost you know the kid could have died 
Yeah, Judy, that's been circulating for a bit about them saying that it's not bullying. And in fact, uh, not too long ago, they had a school board meeting and the main purpose of the meeting was to make sure that the staff and the schools start circulating more information about allergies. That was what the school districts. uh, Ridiculous. I guess how they felt was the way to handle that case. Thank you, Judy. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us. 241, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. What are the texters saying about this report on the assaults on teachers, Melinda? Well, we had one text that said the only training that we need to pay for is combat training for the teachers. Um, it said when it, it goes on to say it seems that the only people that can be legally assaulted seem to be just teachers. So why not level the playing field and say no assault charges on teachers and go ahead and let's do some taxpayer funded martial arts training? It seems to have come to that, hasn't it? Sad. Really, very, it has. Very sad. Uh, John is in Cedar Park at 245. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, folks. How you doing? Fine, John. Welcome. So, so anyhow, there, so there's, there's two things going on here. Number one, uh, discipline was curtailed or removed because too many minority students were getting expelled. The, the, the other thing, though, and I think might even be more pertinent, is that Federal and state reimbursement to school districts is based on daily attendance records. So if a kid's not not getting the money for that student for that day, I think that's probably what what is the underlying factor here. And that's that's just sickening, though, that you would put money over the well-being of your staff, someone that we desperately need these days because there's such a shortage of people wanting to go into this field. It looks like that's what they're doing. Yes, it is, okay, John. Okay. Th- thank you, John. Have a good afternoon. Yes, Ed. There's got to be a better system than that, Mark, because we hear just evidence all the time from teachers that uh, someone verbally, verbally had an outburst in class or physically to a teacher or fellow student, and they're back in the same classroom moments later or hours later. That is just not right. Senator John Cornyn has informed his Republican colleagues he does intend to run for Senate Republican leader. We told you yesterday Mitch McConnell is stepping down from that position. Cornyn put out a statement saying, I'm confident Senate Republicans can restore this institution. And he says uh, he is the one that understands how to bring them back. So he's going to be in the race to be the next leader of the GOP in the Senate. Uh, I'm glad. I think it would be good for Texas, and I like Cornyn. And, Wait, hold uh, on. In what way is that good He will have for more Texas? powers and influence. If you have a higher role in Congress, you have more influence and more power when it comes to bringing home the bacon. So See, that, and that's what I absolutely despise about politics. Well, it is. It's it's a fact, though, Mel. Sadly, it's a fact that sometimes they get the better pork barrel things. But I like Cornyn. Uh, yes, he's gone across the aisle some, but I I don't I don't mind that if it's for the right reasons. And I think he would be very good in this position. I think John Thune would be very good in this position. And again, as I said yesterday. I don't know much about Senator uh, Brasio. I believe that's her pronounce his name. But uh, I like Cornyn. I think it'll be good for the state and good for good for America. And he's a lot younger than uh, than Mitch McConnell. But not by much. Ten years. It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> My opinion hasn't changed from yesterday. I, I, I would hope that there would be another choice.
ABC News says that a town in Vermont is going to start allowing 16- and 17-year-olds to vote in local elections and, if they're going to turn 18, by the November 24 presidential election, they can vote in the presidential primary. That's the part I do not uh, – well, one, I don't agree with any of it, um, but I just don't see how they are going to be allowed. You're not 18 – Come the primaries, but you're going to be allowed to cast a ballot anyway because when it comes to the general election, you'll be 18. Just wait till the general election. Here's a teenager. They quote, she's 17. She says, I know what's going on in the world. It's wrong to think that I'm naive, and it's unfair to keep people like me from voting. It's we're not keeping you from voting. We have we have a law. It's called you got to be 18 to vote. You got to be a a legal adult to vote, period. We have seen some of the pitfalls. What happens in in this? This is this far too young, Mark, 16 and 17. There are rules out there. But we saw what happened in San Marcos. And I can't remember the what was the guy that got on the Hayes County registrar office. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think that was it. Totally inept, and it was all because he mounted a campaign at Texas State and all the college students voted him in. It's, there's so many pitfalls with this. Let's go to Fred on 620 at 249 on KLBJ. Hi, Fred. How are you today? Doing well. How about you? Fine, Fred. Good afternoon. Yeah, uh, I, I was just calling about the, uh, the teacher who got beat up there uh, and, you know, I never beat up a teacher. So I graduated in 1992. That tells my age. I'm about, I'm 50. Um, but, you know, when I was in high school, one year I got into a fight and uh, uh, the, the cops came and they, arrest, they didn't arrest me. They handcuffed me and you know, the guy I was fighting with. And then they wrote me a court summons. I had to go to court. Uh, my mom had to pay a fine. I got in a lot of trouble. I'm talking about corporal punishment kind of trouble. Yes. And then I had to do... Uh, community service. I had got suspended for a day, and then I had to do two days of in-school suspension. And so, you know, there was discipline from my parents and from the school, and, uh, you know, that's not happening anymore. Parents aren't parenting anymore. It's all around you, and and the, the signs are, you know, our, our, our society is failing because of it. And please don't let 70-year-olds vote. Uh-huh. I mean, when I was 18-year-old, I was not prepared to vote, let alone 70 years old, so yeah, uh, I, I just caught the tail end of that conversation. But anyways, that, that was my comment, that parents aren't parenting. And by all means, these kids should at least receive a summons. They should be in handcuffs. They handcuffed me to, to show me that, hey, do you want to keep doing this? Because this is where you're going to end up. And it, it made a lasting impression on me. So, um, you know, something's got to change. You know, they're, they're, they're letting these kids play patty cake on the teacher without the teacher being able to. As soon as the teacher touches them, then the teacher gets arrested, charged with assault. You know, kicked out of school, can never teach again. Uh, you know, it's crazy, but they can touch the teacher and, and to no repercussions. Same. What went through your mind when you heard us say that almost 3,000 teachers were assaulted in Texas last school year? It made me sick. I had, that's why I grabbed the phone because if, if my kids, if one of my kids were to touch the teacher, they would have, man, I, I'm dealing with it myself. So, you know, it, I mean, it never crossed my mind ever to touch a teacher, to touch an adult, to act out in that. When, once the, you know, no matter how mad I was, once the teacher got involved and said, sit down and be quiet, I sat down and was quiet, you know, because I was taught from my parents that if that teacher calls in with a bad report, you're going to deal with it at home.
and you know, and I didn't want to deal with that at home. So you know, I learned to to, to, to bite my tongue, no matter how upset I got. My parents said, "Look, if they if the teacher is wrong, you come home and tell us, and then we will take care of it with the teacher. We'll call the school, make an appointment, and that's how I raised my kids. If there's something going on, you listen to that adult, do whatever they say. You call me, or you know, wait till you get home. I'll go up to the school and talk to whoever I need to talk to." To take care of it. You don't talk back to that teacher. You definitely don't assault the teacher. No. And don't curse at him. You know? no. All right. No. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Fred. No. Have a great afternoon, Fred. I grew up in the same kind of family that, that oh. Fred did. Whatever punishment they hand out at school, you better believe it's going to be twice as bad at home. Oh, I can't imagine cursing out a teacher. I can't imagine taking a swing at a teacher. What would have happened? I can't even imagine that as an adult doing that to another adult. Yeah. How in the world are these kids thinking, A, that it's there's no problem with it, and B, that the parents back them up? If you're just joining us, uh, News 4 in San Antonio has obtained the data from the Texas Education Agency. Last school year, 2,906 teachers and staff were assaulted by students in Texas public schools. Uh, Jeff is with us on KLBJ 253. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you all? Fine, Jeff. Welcome. I just wanted to uh, to chime in on a couple of things. I, I would. I don't have anything against John Cornyn. I, I just would prefer to see someone even younger and less of a, less of a rhino. And with respect to the, uh, he's not a rhino, team. sir. He's not a rhino. Well, that, that's my opinion, Ed. And okay. I'm just, I'm just talking to Mark. If yeah. You, if okay. You okay. You talk to Mark <laughs> Melinda. Go ahead. Excuse me, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. So, uh, with respect to the 16 and 17 year old, I, I, you know, a lot of times as I'm on my way home, uh, you know, I, I hear the stories that you guys are talking about and I get a little irritated with some of them. And, uh, but this this is different today. When I heard you say the the seventeen year old said you knew what was going on, I I was very amused at that. And I, I recall my own self as a seventeen year old, eighteen year old, uh, as most do. They usually know just about everything, <laughs> and uh, all you need to do is ask them. So uh, I just would I would like to tell y'all I appreciate that. Yeah, I imagine my 16-year-old niece would tell you she knows everything as well uh, that's going on. And you know what? There are some young people that are very much aware of what is going on. They are very much on top of hot topics on Mm -hmm. what's happening. But I don't think by large that everybody that will be eligible to vote under this new law in Vermont knows what's going on. And I, I thought it was interesting that one of the kids in here said, well, it gives me a chance to apply whatever we're learning in class. Yes. And that's the part that I'm like, that's why we don't want it. We want you to have some life experience. Yes, that's even scarier. Jeff, thank you. Have a good one, sir. Uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo today is weighing in on President Biden being down at the border in Brownsville. We know this is also fixable. I'm sure President Biden will play the victim today, but we know precisely the policies that can stop this. But think about this risk. Not only is there this fentanyl coming across the border, killing and poisoning thousands of our kids, but we've had thousands of Chinese nationals crossing in just the last few months when we had fewer than several hundred for the entire last year of the Trump administration. These folks are not coming here for good. 
They're coming here with the knowledge of the Chinese Communist Party, perhaps mm. some of them at the direction of the Chinese Communist mm. Party. Mm. And whether it's the cartels moving drugs and people and uh, the mafia attaching themselves, the Chinese mafia attaching themselves to money laundering for these cartels, the real risk here that someone, someone on the terror watch list will do real harm in the United mm. States only accelerates as Pre President Biden refuses to do the baseline task of protecting American sovereignty. That's Mike Pompeo. Much more to cover with you coming up right after the news at the top of the hour. Attention fleet owners. Looking for a reliable partner for fleet services? Look no further. At Oak Knoll Automotive, you'll get fast and affordable fleet auto service every time. Full service repairs by certified technicians for fleet vehicles, on-site diagnostic services, and eight bays to guarantee a speedy turnaround. Set up an appointment with Eric at Oak Knoll Automotive, servicing Austin for 20 years. Call 512-506-8008, 506-8008, or Google Oak Knoll Automotive. 